Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. Raider Nation, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Eye Patch Podcast. I am your host today. My name's Tyler. Uh, you may or may not know that. And I am here with my good friend, Courtney Birch who has decided to come on the show as my co-host today because our other co-host is headed down to the Dirty South. And he could not join us, that wonderful voice of Micah, the shenanigans and antics, will not be here today, but we do have on with us Mr. Courtney Birch, the lusty, soulful voice that so many of the nation long to hear. Mr. Birch, how goes it today, my friend? Oh, you know, it's like every day seems like it's Groundhog Day. It's just <laughs> you go to work, come home, repeat, wear a mask. I don't know, you know, same old, same old. But even though our dear friend Micah is not going to be on the show tonight, I'm pretty sure there's still going to be some shenanigans that happen. Oh, absolutely. It's not just Micah that can pull out shenanigans. Myself and Birch are shenanigans certified, so you'll be in good hands with us this evening. Once again, I should, I guess it's been so long since we've done a show. We should remind the masses of where they can find us on Twitter at Behind Eyepatch. You can find us on our Facebook page uh, by searching Behind the Eyepatch. Haven't been running very many polls recently, Birch, but um, we did run one poll that maybe I'll bring up at a later time if if we need some fodder for the for the evening, but... Um, I think we've got plenty on the docket to get to, uh, including a call from Mr. John Russo, uh, who gave us a few ideas on what we could talk about, because there's really not much right now, Birch, is there? It's just kind of dead. Yeah, I mean, training camp has started um, this week, but I mean, it's COVID tests, then go home for two days, and then come back and get tested again. So, I mean, they are at the facility, the veterans have arrived, and Looks like they're getting some work in, so it's a kind of an exciting time. But uh, with that excitement, uh, you got to take take a couple steps back and just hope and pray that we actually do have a season this year, so we can root on the Raiders just like we always do. Rain, shine, oh, win, no. lose, or tie, Raider Nation till we die. Birch, am I right or wrong? Knock on wood if you're with me. Nothing oh yeah, but action. Nothing but action. Speaking of nothing but action, uh, there has been some action, like you said, on the field. The rookies have arrived. Uh, have you checked out the new practice facilities, Birch? What are your thoughts on those? Oh, man, it's a beauty. It's, I mean, I don't, compared to, I mean, I never went to the practice facility, obviously, but you could see the pictures and just the cleanliness of this new facility, the I mean, it's it is a top notch 
facility compared to the sewage-filled, hot Arizona garbage facility that we were in in Oakland. I mean, this is this is legit. I mean, they spent a lot of time and they customed it, custom made it to fit the team, fit the Raider Nation, fit the Raider way, and hopefully we can bring back some some pride and some something to to show <laughs> our appreciation for for that. But. Absolutely. Uh, it is sharp. It's a sharp facility. Um, I'm pretty sure they're in Henderson. I don't think they're actually Correct. at the at Allegiant Stadium yet. I know that uh, Max Crosby was there at the stadium. He did a little video thing. Um, <coughs> sorry. No Rona here. Um, <laughs> and you won't catch any coronavirus uh, from the airwaves because... We just are, we're so clean and our show is so good. You're just not going to catch any coronavirus family from us. Friendly. So. Family and family friendly. friendly and politically free. I may add, um, Micah likes to always plug that. I forgot to do that, but, uh, yes, family friendly, political free, not many podcasts like that, Mr. Birch. Negative. So very nice training facility. I saw a bunch of players hanging out in a pool I don't think we had a pool in Alameda. Uh, we had like we had like a converted garage for a weight room in Alameda, and like literally, it was a it was like a takedown thing. It was like you could you know it was it was a portable way to for a a, a weight room. We have several indoor fields. We have. Uh, pools outside we've got practice fields outside as well i mean it is just a state-of-the-art facility happy to have it um sad kind of still that it's in vegas but it's all right we've got something nice unfortunately birch this week it was announced that we will not be able to enjoy this nice new pearl in the desert if you will the black pearl the death star that gets a thumbs down from me, uh, but you know, the Black Pearl, whatever you want to call it, it's beautiful too. I mean, it matches the it matches the headquarters uh, out there in Henderson. It really fits but, in on the strip too. I mean, what a magnificent looking building. I mean, whew, it's beauty. I need to go see it. I saw it when they started it. Like it, there was like four pillars. That was the last time I actually saw it in person. I was on vacation in St. George a couple years ago and uh, with some friends and we traveled down and I took pictures of the empty lot. And hey, now I'd I'll like to... Up, yeah, I saw it before it was even groundbreaking. I went... That's right. November of... 2000 was it 17 that they I don't remember anyway yeah I think it had to have been 17 because I think I was there in 18 yeah and uh that's yeah the summer of 18 and it was like May end of May beginning of June sometime in there yeah and it was just a few pillars in the air with a Raiders flag up on top of it and now it's this giant wonderful looking Roomba vacuum that we've got <laughs> and uh Got a Roomba vacuum to just to match it, actually, for the wife for our anniversary. So the past few weeks have been fairly busy for me. It was our 10-year anniversary, bought a house for the first time in 10 years, painted new house, 
and uh, got new carpet. Still trying to find things. Can't find uh, my $50 bag of items to fix my sprinkler system, but we're trying to move in, so it's been a little been a little hectic around the Larson household recently. Um, Birch, what 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 do we want to start with today? Where 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 do we want to go? Take us take us down the path. Oh man, I feel like like we said we haven't done this in a while. Uh, well, at least for probably what a month. Yeah, at least a month. Um, you know, there's a lot to cover, but there's not a lot to cover. <laughs> there is. There's a lot to cover, but not a lot to cover. Well, I guess why we don't could we start with the transactions of the week. Perfect. Do you want? Would you like to read those, or do you want me to read Paul Gutierrez's transactions? You know what? You've got it pulled up there, and I, I'm still a little fired up about what happened. But go ahead, read off the transactions, Tyler. Tell the nation. All right, I will. I shall. So roster moves. Good news. Devonte Booker was been activated from the COVID list. Uh, linebacker Ukeme Eligwe has been put on the decided to opt out list. A certain defensive tackle that we took two years ago in the second round, PJ Hall, had been warned to not report to camp out of shape and fat. Guess what happened? PJ Hall reported to camp out of shape and fat, and they shipped his butt to Minnesota. But, Birch, a twist in the plot. We sent him there for a seventh round pick. Conditional. Conditional seventh round pick. Condition being he made the roster. Birch, he didn't even make it into the building for the Vikings. And they shipped him back because his butt was too large. He did not pass his physical exam, and now he is floating on the free agent market after not making it, like, what? He made it two years. He was drafted in 2000, and I better check this out. I don't want to get fact-checked by Raider this. Nation. We will get to this in a little bit, but he 2018 was draft. He was a second-round draft pick out of Sam Houston State, contributed... One and a half sacks in his time during the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider Birch. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that kind of... We will talk about that, um, our recent draft history. Finish the transactions, Uh, and we'll jump into that. Okay, finish the... Well, there was a... Let's see here. What was that? We've got uh, a couple others. So, we mentioned Ukeme... El Eligue, I think is how you sell it. Say it. I'm sorry if that's not. He's a, a third-year pro out of Georgia Southern, a linebacker, 6'2", 239. Uh, he has opted out. DJ Killings, uh, a cornerback, 5'10", 195, out of Central Florida, has also opted out of the season, and Jeremiah Valuaga has also uh, opted out. He's a six foot six, two 275-pound D-end from UNLV. Um, also, I think we missed uh, old uh, Markel Lee was released as well this week. Um, he fell to physical as well? He fell to physical, 
and was released. I have seen um, that perhaps, maybe, they will bring him back um, for a cheaper option, but I'm not real sure that he was like on a super expensive deal anyways. So he may or may not be back making our linebacking core quite thin. If you ask my opinion, others may um, disagree with me, but I, I feel like that's a little bit, uh, a little thin at that position right now. So those are the transactions that I have. Um, can you think of anything else? Any other transactions, Birch? I don't think so. I, like you said, I think the big one was the releasing of PJ and that whole debacle. Um, but yeah, so I think other than that, we're down to 70. With him being cut and released, we are at 79 players which is under the 80 that we need to be. So maybe Micah will get his wish, and maybe we'll sign Jadavian Clowney. Who knows? He can't, yeah, def- the, he can't defend himself because he's not here tonight. So He's not, and I will take full responsibility of just slandering Jadavian Clowney. It, that guy has made more money off of one play in college than I think anybody else has ever made in their lifetime. That, and you can call me unstudious of the game. Oh, Tyler, he he's such a great run stopper. People just don't... I'm like, the dude played across from J.J. Watt. And his numbers are pedestrian at best, Birch. Okay. Pedestrian. Guess, I mean, uh, it... Yeah, I mean, the, he's been in the league, what? I think it's four or five years. Has yet to reach double-digit sacks. But people don't want to run at him, Birch. He stops the run. Well, guess what? He's an edge rusher, and that's what he came out of college as. And he, in my opinion, has not lived up to that. But his stats speak for themselves, and his stats are not that great. As you said, I think his highest year of sacks was nine. Max Crosby already surpassed that. So um, I, I, I believe that... Um, you know, he's well on his way to being better than the first overall. I think Clowney was the first overall pick, and I hated that pick by the Texans when they took him. I was like, this dude is just like he made one play against Michigan, and his whole entire career has been based off of ripping off Denard Robinson's helmet and then shoving it, shoving like... I don't know. It was it was a nasty play. I'm sure everybody already knows what I'm talking about. But that being said, Birch, um, Jadavian Clowney, yay or nay for your for you? Um, I'm gonna go nay for that reason alone. I mean, I you hear around the league mutterings around the league. He's kind of a lazy player. He he play hard if he wants to, and if not, so be it. But I don't want that kind of player. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say nay. Sorry, Micah. And Micah's not here to to say yay and to tell us why he would say yay, but um, he wants Jadavian Clowney fairly badly. So, <laughs> um, Let's put it lightly. 
And, you know, like even when I send him the Marcus Mariota gif of Marcus Mariota stiff-arming uh, Jadavian Clowney into the ground, he's still like, I want that guy still. All right, all right, Micah. Whatever you say, my friend. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess when you come down to it, so that's really everything that's happened kind of in this off-season that's been marred by COVID's shenanigans and uh we will not be watching any Raiders games in Las Vegas this year unfortunately that uh that dream died and uh so we'll all be watching on television I've heard that some people are going to be doing like Skype meetings or Zoom meetings to watch the games together and um that's I guess if you want to do that that's fun Birch myself and I or Birch, myself, and I. It's like <laughs> me, myself, and Irene. What am I doing over here? Um, it's a. It's like a bad schizophrenia show. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Birch and myself and Micah, there we go. We're always, like, texting during the game. And uh, so I guess if, if somebody's interested, let hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know, you know. Maybe I'll illegally stream the games, and we can all we, we can all uh, uh, we can all partake of said illegally streamed games, <laughs> unless unless Birch like gets it on the television, and then of course we'll we'll let Birch's mansion, uh, his castle, Birch's be mansion, the, mansion runs off of YouTube TV. So, well, okay, well, yeah. maybe it'll have to be Micah. I don't know. <laughs> We'll 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 volunteer Micah's house for for games that are televised, and and he probably won't even care. So, um, that being said, uh, transactions are done. I guess we could um, let's kind of go into that PJ Hall thing for a minute, Birch. I okay. uh, th- this is painful. It's gonna be painful, but that's okay because we're. We're going to get through this, I hope. We can hope and pray for the best. It hasn't done very well since the beginning of time. So, um, Birch and I were, before the show, we went back clear to like the 1998 draft when we took Charles Woodson, who will probably be a Hall of Famer. um, And even before that, like... Daryl Russell in 1997, Ricky Dudley, a first round pick in 1996. Um, there, there are just some putrid, putrid picks um, on in this history. And um, but let's just go for for sake of time. Um, we're going to jump to when Reggie McKenzie took over the Oakland Raiders. His first year, I will give him a pass, Birch, yes, because bless he had... Heart. <laughs> yes, bless his heart for taking the job. But he, he had a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, two-fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. What a great way to, uh, to start a, a drafting thing. So first off, he took Tony Bergstrom... Then he took Miles Burris, Jack Crawford, Jerome Kreiner, the wide receiver out of Arizona, Christo Bilokiti, who I actually stumped Murph on one time. Uh, he was the first pick out of uh, Georgia State 
Yes. Yeah, Georgia State. State. Uh, I think they're the Panthers or the Cheetahs or some cat. Um, Yeah, so Christo Bilikidi in the sixth round and then Nathan Stupar out of Penn State. Um, That was his first draft. I'll give him a pass on that because... Like he started in the third round, Birch. I mean, that's that's rough. that's that is rough. Uh, how about you break down year two thousand thirteen for us? Okay. Well, he got a pass for two thousand twelve, but two thousand thirteen, no pass here. So started out trading back, and who did he pick? DJ Hayden. And we had Dion Jordan. On our team last year, who was the number three overall pick in that draft, by the way. Good point. Then in the second round, he picks Menelik Watson. Third round, CEO Moore. Tyler Wilson. Who I was excited about. Yes. I will just put that in there. I was excited about old CEO Moore. Uh, the one thing I remember about CEO Moore was that night we played the Chiefs on a Thursday night. And we got like a sack. He got like a sack or something. It was like celebrating 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage and the chiefs were trying to snap the ball. Oh man. And uh, he and Khalil Mack, that was Mack's rookie year. They, I think they combined for that sack and, and Justin Tuck and Justin Tuck had to call a timeout because they were (laughs) like 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage and uh, could have just run the clock out, but they would have been called for offsides uh, so instead, Justin Tuck called for a timeout. But yes, continue. Yes. Great memory, by the way. <laughs> um, Nick Casa, the Tay Train, Latavius Murray, Michael Rivera, toot, toot. Stacey McGee, Bryce Butler, and David Bass. So out of that draft, really the only person that's really done well for himself is the Tay Train. I miss that yes. guy. Really liked Latavius Murray. Out of Central Florida, six-round pick, Tyler, six-round. And I remember telling you, remember we were watching that uh, preseason game? Uh, I think it was the last preseason game of 2013, and I was like, he's going to be good. Then we put him on IR and uh, ended up that he um, didn't play that year, and then the next year... He started getting some playing time, and he was good. That was a, that was like one good player out of that draft. Yeah. So, Tyler Wilson, a fourth round draft pick, I don't think ever suited up in the NFL. So, great pick out of Arkansas there. The point we're getting at here, Raider Nation, if you want to know why we've been so putrid for the long periods of time, it's because we are terrible, terrible at drafting. We overreach. We pick players that, heck, probably wouldn't even be picked from other teams. But let's continue, and we'll 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 show you why. Yes. So 2014 was Reggie McKenzie's breakout year, right? The Khalil Mack draft, the Derek Carr draft in the second round, Gabe Jackson in the third, Justin Jelly Ellis, uh, who actually Mike Mayock gave that that nickname too. I remember him talking about this jelly can roll and uh, Justin Ellis still in the league. I believe he was, he was with the uh, Ravens. Yep. With the Ravens. Uh, 
And then Keith McGill was a, a serviceable defensive back. He wasn't great. Uh, TJ Carey was a seventh round pick in that draft. Pretty good pick. Uh, Shelby Harris has had a fairly decent career, uh, mostly with the Broncos. But uh, he was also a seventh round draft pick that year. So in that year, Birch, it felt like the tides had turned. Uh, Reggie McKenzie gets a full, you know, a full year of of his scouts, of his picks, and and he, I mean, that's a killer draft. Mac Carr, Absolutely. Gabe Jackson, and, and and Carrie and Shelby Harris and Justin Ellis, you know, for where they were drafted, they've done pretty pretty well. Um, then the next year, 2015, there are, there are really like two players that are still even in the uh, in the league from that draft. Amari Cooper in the first round, Mario Edwards in the second round, Clive Walford in the third, John Feliciano in the fourth, and then we took Ben Heaney and Neron Ball, rest his soul, um, in the fifth round. Both linebackers, um, Max Valles, um, Anthony Morris, Andre Dubose, Birch from Florida, from Florida, fast well little returner, and uh, Dexter McDonald, a cornerback who stuck around for a couple years and then was uh, just didn't do very well as a corner. So that's that 2015 draft. So that's five years ago. And there are only like, out of that, I think Cooper, Edwards, Feliciano. Those are the only three from that draft that are still in the NFL. That's that's pretty sad. Um, not good at all. But it gets and worse. Then you, it gets even worse, if you can imagine that. Break down 2016 <laughs> for us, Birch. All right, we just run... One pick each round, one two, one through seven. Carl Joseph, <laughs> Carl Joseph wasn't a terrible pick, probably not a first round pick. I don't know. He did well for us though. Then you go to the second round. The second and third rounds, Raider Nation have been terrible. Absolutely, Charles Barkley, terrible. Like just terrible, awful. Jihad Ward out of Illinois, second round, third round. Shalit Calhoun. Fourth round, Connor Cook. Fifth round, DeAndre Washington. Then Corey James and Vidal Alexander to wrap it up. So out of that one, oh, man. I don't even know. Carl Joseph, yes, he he was with us, and then he signed. He's with the Browns, correct? Yep, signed a one-year deal with He's the with Browns. He's with the Browns. DeAndre Washington is with the hated Chiefs. Yep. Connor Cooks, I think, was Gone. in the XFL. <laughs> yeah, he's in the XFL. You're right. Uh, Shalit Calhoun was with the Patriots for a little bit, I think. Yep. And who knows where Jihad Ward is? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he was with the Colts, and I think he ended up with the Ravens last year as well. Yeah. I just don't understand why we insist on reaching way above like there's so many good players in the second round like that's still high quality talent and, we and just, we're picking like seventh rounders yes i don't i just don't understand so hopefully that that turns around anyway 
on to 2000 <laughs> 2017, which was oh, this might be the worst of them all, Birch. Oh my! 2017, we draft Gary on Conley at number 24. We trade. I think we traded back several spots, picked him up. Then we got Obi Melifonwu, who never even suit. Well, he did suit up in Mexico City. They put him at corner, and the Patriots just ate his lunch. And he was never heard of again. Uh, Eddie Vanderdoes, who was a third-round pick, uh, he just recently opted out um, in Houston. My question was, when the Sam Hill did he actually play? <laughs> <laughs> when did he opt in? <laughs> when did he opt in? Exactly, Birch. <laughs> when was he on the field to be able to opt out? The question still out there, Eddie, if you feel like answering, go for it. Uh, David Sharp in the fourth round, he was cut from the team, and now he's back. Markel Lee was a fifth-round draft pick that year um, as well. Shalom Luani, Jylan Ware, Elijah Hood, and Trayvon Hester. Um, that draft, we have David Sharp still left. That's it. Out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. We have one player out of nine picks. That a strong team does not make. You cannot draft like that and expect to be even close to respectable. And like I, like we said before, Markel Lee, he's gone. So there's literally, you know, we've traded Conley. Melifon, we won a Super Bowl <laughs> with the Dang Patriots. Uh, Vander does opting out, but we don't know when he really opted in. Um, and then you've got, you know, all the rest of those guys that were seventh round picks. I think Shalom Luani may still be in the NFL somewhere, Seattle or something like that. Special and then we team. go to 20. Then we go to 2018. Now, 2018 is the first year that um, our coach, Mr. John Gruden, was back in the saddle. He was using Reggie McKenzie and Reggie McKenzie's drafting abilities uh, to, to draft in the 2018 draft. And then, as we know, McKenzie was fired in the 2019 draft. We got Mr. Mike Mayock. Um, and, and we'll go through that. And then I, I have a warning for Raider Nation after we go through that, Birch. So why don't you break down 2018 and 2019 for us, and then and then we'll talk for a minute. Sounds good. So real quick, 2018, we got Colt Miller drafting the first round. Done exceptionally well. I think he got a little bit of harsh review that first year. The dude was playing with an injured knee, and that's a lot of weight to be carrying around, be explosive. These are explosive athletes, regardless of how big they are. They... I mean, that's that's tough. So he, I mean, he stuck through it, and he's done really well for us. Uh, the aforementioned P.J. Hall. <laughs> and then you got uh, our friend Brandon Parker. <laughs> our uh, trusty, he should be gone, too. Trusty right <laughs> right tackle for the backup. He's, he's, oh, trusty, he's trusty for a couple sacks a game. And a few holds. Uh, yes. Anyway, and then we move on to... Micah's favorite player, Arden Key, who yes. hasn't amounted to much. Nick Nelson, same boat. 
Uh, Maurice Hurst in the fifth round, which is a pretty good steal in my opinion. He's done pretty well. Johnny Towson could only punt the ball about 15 yards occasionally. <laughs> Azim Victor, I don't even think ever suited up. And then you got Marcel Aitman, who is still with the team. He's got an uphill battle, though, to make the team this year. So Yes. The best that, thing Johnny Townsend ever did was run a fake punt 42 yards. That's about it. That's what, That's it. And that, I mean, that hurts me to bash a Florida Gator, but the dude was terrible at punting the ball, and it's not that hard to kick the ball. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So out of that draft, we've still got Colton Miller, Arden Key, Mohurst, and Aitman, and Parker, excuse me. So there's yep. still a few hanging around, but if they don't get their act together, they're going to end up like PJ Hall, and he's going to find themselves looking for a job. I mean, and I think Nick Nelson's still technically on the team, but he's on an injured list. I mean, he also has had trouble staying healthy, right? And I mean, going back to PJ, I mean, it's it's just it's frustrating. You got one job. This is your profession. This is your livelihood. This is how you provide for your family and you can't come into camp in shape. Like then, then you don't deserve to be on a team. So that's my, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, it's like if somebody, you know, Birch, I'm sure the same is for you. Uh, but as a physical therapist, I have to have continuing education credits. I have to have 16 of those credits every two years. And so Every two years, I have to check in with the board of physical therapy in whatever state I'm in, and I have to tell them, hey, I did these courses, I got my continuing education classes, um, I'm good to go. That's all they were asking PJ Hall to do. They were asking him to come in not fat and out of shape, and he couldn't do it. Like, if I don't have those 16 continuing ed course uh, credits, I can't be a PT. I can't provide for my family. I can't pay my student loans back. And this guy has a chance to make millions of dollars and he can't get his fat butt to the gym like three times a week to just maintain where he's at. Like, come on. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I digress. I apologize. Enough beating the dead horse here. All right. So then we go on to 2019. Mike Mayock's in the house. Um, you all know the draft. Cleveland Farrell, Furl, excuse me, Josh Jacobs, the one and only Jonathan Abrams. Boop, boop, Mississippi hopefully, State. Hopefully he plays more than one game this year. Hello. Trayvon Mullen, Max Crosby, Mad Max. Isaiah Johnson, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, and Quinton Bell. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good draft for a first draft. I mean, yeah, he had a little bit more ammo than uh, poor Reggie McKenzie. I mean, he got three first rounds in a second. Um, but overall, I mean, you got to be pretty dang pleased with that draft. Uh, Furl, I mean probably was a little bit of a reach in my opinion at that high. I mean, you could have taken Josh Allen, double digit sacks. I mean, Josh Allen, Max Crosby com combined together. That would have been a dangerous duo, but I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But overall, I mean, Josh Jacobs should have been offensive rookie of the year. Abram, hopefully he's learned to play the game 
with the physicality, but also with a little bit of smarts to avoid mental injuries. fortitude. Yeah. <laughs> Trayvon Mullen's coming along nicely. We all know Mad Max Johnson, Isaiah Johnson was injured, but hopefully he can come back. Glad to see Foster Moreau out on the field again after that ACL tear in December. And then our boy Hunter Renfro is poised yeah. for a good year out of the slot. So that a boy Hunter. Great draft. So, I didn't realize this, Birch. I'm just kind of looking at some stats. Um, Foster Moreau, 21 receptions, five touchdowns. Like that's that's a red zone threat to me. That's that's a pretty dang good. You know, every what every four catches is a touchdown. He had that's, some amazing catches in the end. He I sure did. In Indianapolis. That was. I mean, that was a. And he had a really nice one uh, in London against the Bears, if I'm not mistaken, right down there by the goal line. Yep. Um, And then, so yeah, I mean, pretty good, pretty good stats there. And then Renfro uh, had 605 yards and four touchdowns. That's pretty decent. Josh Jacobs put up, you know, 1,150 yards on the ground with seven touchdowns. 20 receptions is all for 166. I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved in the passing game uh, this year. But um, that now I guess that brings us to this year. Um, and a question we had of what uh, from from Mr. John. Uh, what how what what do we expect from rookies this year? Last year, uh, we'll listen to a call from John Russo. Uh, but he brought up the point that Farrell, Jacobs, Abrams, until he hurt his arm, uh, Mullen, Crosby, even Foster Moreau and Renfro were pretty much all of our rookies were relied upon to play big roles. So we're going to chat about maybe who's poised to have a big role this year out of our draft picks of Henry Ruggs. Damon Arnett, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Lynn Bowden, the Swiss Army Knife from Kentucky. Brian Edwards, uh, the 6'3 wide receiver out of South Carolina. Tanner Muse, the converted safety to linebacker uh, from Clemson. John Simpson, the giant road grader of a guard out of Clemson. And then Amik Robertson, our final pick in the fourth round, uh, the cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. Um, out of those, Birch, who do you think, which of them, and, and it could be more than one, comes out and has a big year, if any of them? What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously the easy choice would be Henry Ruggs. I think a lot of people are going to be keen on him. I mean, we talked about this before we started the pod. I'm, our offensive line is mammoth like gargantuan like humongous whatever you want to say like you've got some big dudes up there so if we can pound the rock i mean if we can josh jacobs and then you got bowden um either booker um what's the guy we just signed hill yeah jeremy hill jeremy hill um i mean if we can get the run game going that could open up things for our wide receivers and Henry Ruggs could have a big year, but I'm looking at, I think Brian Edwards is going to be a sleeper pick. I think that he 
he's got that physicality and that the height and he can go up and target that ball and that's what I remember going back to the years when Carr was slinging it all over the field he liked that big body receiver that um oh why did I just have a brain fart Crabtree no uh, Holmes yes Andre Holmes he would throw the ball up and he would go get it I mean it I think that Edwards is going to have a big impact in that wide receiver room. So I'm going to go with the sleeper pick and say Edwards is Ruggs is going to get his touches. He's going to get his yards. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. And he's a playmaker. Um, And hopefully, like I said, we're getting that run game going. It's going to open up the play action pass, maybe take some deep shots to Ruggs or to Edwards. Uh, I mean, we've got the weapons like we've talked about in the past. There are no more excuses. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think I, I've already seen, uh, rugs and car working on that five yard slant and the screen passes. (laughs) So I think, yep. Yep. We should be good. Uh, we'll audible to screens like we do all the time and go, uh, with some dump off. So Lynn, Bowden, Bowden, I, I, I can't, I can't ever remember. I think it's Bowden, like a bow and arrow. Uh, but Lynn Bowden may be well suited for that offense as that kind of gadget Swiss Army. Uh, you got to respect his ability to run. You have to be able to respect his ability to uh, run routes as a wide receiver because he's done that. Um, and you have to ex- respect his ability to pass Birch because. He was a quarterback at Kentucky. Threw a nice um, ball, too. Yep, throws a nice ball. And uh, so you, you, that is a great Swiss Army knife. I liked that pick. I don't know that he has an immediate impact this year. Um, I kind of think in a year where everything has been uh, shrunk, uh, you don't have preseason games, you don't have as much time to meet these new players, get them accustomed uh, to the to the the offense. I I, I almost kind of want to go with like a like uh, maybe Amik Robertson has the biggest impact of the rookies because he's out there, he's on defense, um, and maybe he gets a chance to play over Joiner, you know, and three or four weeks into the season. Um, but I mean, I, I just don't see the rookies this year having to number one, having to put up what the rookies did last year, um, stepping in. And I don't see them being really able to do that either because they've had really no off season other than just mentally going through plays, learning the playbook, um, and things like that. They don't really have any live, Snaps, And so I'm wondering if that will kind of put a damper on this draft class this year. Uh, and then maybe next year we see a bigger jump. I don't know. It, it could go either way, but I don't think this will, uh, I don't think this draft class is going to be relied upon as heavily as last year's draft class was last year, if yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. I like that pick too. That's a good pick. I went with the easy one and took took an offensive player, but I tell you what though, our our back like the linebackers and the DBs, 
Like, if you're going to come across the middle, you better be prepared to take some licks because you got Abram, kind of Robertson is kind of the same way. We saw last year Joyner pack some dynamite as a little he's a little dude, but I mean, he can come up and lay the lumber too. So, I mean, hopefully we can cover the tight ends, though. We and I think that's, that's where problem. I think Tanner Muse kind of fits that mold. He's, um, let me, I think he's, Six three, six two. So like he's that, he's yeah. six two two twenty seven, um, and so yeah, hopefully the speed. He was a safety. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, he'll probably have to put on a little bit of weight to be a linebacker. Hopefully, he can maintain his speed, and then as a converted safety to linebacker, hopefully we can get some coverage skills out of him, but. I, I want to go back. I We looked at that 2014 draft, Birch, and that was probably Reggie McKenzie's pinnacle. He won uh, executive of the year that year. And then we look at 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018, and they were putrid. Uh, I told you and Micah, one good year of drafting does not a GM make, Right. Um, one year of good drafts. We've seen that in the past. McKenzie had his 2014 draft and the rest stunk. Um, it, we had no foundation from those players, which is why we have continued to have no foundation uh, as as an organization is because our the players we pick to come in and help us don't. Uh, they don't live up to their expectations. I'm not saying that Mayock is going to be a flash in the pan. But what I am going to say is be careful before we anoint him the greatest general manager of all time because I have some question marks with this draft class. Arnett is a question mark to me. Um, I think I think Tanner Muse in the third round was a, was a questionable player questionable pick sorry um and and really like john simpson we've got like 15 guards on our roster did we really need another guard um as a matter of fact we're just looking at guards real quick uh we've got lester cotton senior from alabama he was a rookie last year he he played some time he's 6'4 335 by the way You've got Richie Incognito, who's 325. Gabe Jackson on the on the other side is 335. Um, John Simpson at 321. Denzel Good weighs in at a hefty 340. Birch. So oh those, I, I mean, where does he where does he fit in? I mean, I guess Cotton. You cut him. You're probably going to cut Jordan Roos or yeah, Roos, who was he signed uh he's a fourth year vet out of purdue um he signed a couple days ago so i mean you're probably gonna keep incognito and jackson as your starters develop simpson and i would guess you keep denzel good as well so that's four guards um i i don't i don't really know why we picked another guard but alas that's what we took um, and then as far as like other offensive linemen, Eric Cush, 
Um, and then sharp. we've got Sharp at tackle. Um, Parker. Yeah, we could cut him. That wouldn't hurt my feelings. You got Trent Brown at 380. 6 9. Nope, I lied. 6 8. 380 pounds um, at right tackle. Then you've got Colton Miller at 325. Brandon Parker, 320. <clears throat> and then you've got David Sharp uh, and some other people. I think they've got. Who do they? They have them listed as just O linemen. Um, let's see. Jordan Devy, Andre James, and Eric Cush. Those are the ones that are kind of like swing players. Uh, I would like to keep Andre James. He came Absolutely. in. He he came in, did a really good job um, last year, filling in for Hudson, who was injured. Who we also have, by the way, at three fifteen. He's like the small guy on the line at three fifteen. But just look um, at that starting lineup: Colton yeah. Miller, left tackle. Then you got Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Incognito, and and. Oh my gosh, Trent Brown. Trent Brown. Like that's like that's top five, if not more, like in the in the league. That's an amazing line. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we can get the run game going, hopefully that'll open up the game, the passing game for our old Mamba mentality, Derek Carr. Who is disrespected around the league, Birch, and he's tired of it. He's I'm just tired of it fed too. up with it. I'm tired of it too. To be downright honest with you, I I just wish that he would earn the respect. Like, go out and win some games, then call yourself a Mamba. His winning percentage is like the exact opposite of Kobe Bryant's um, winning percentages, and so yeah, he he feels he feels disrespected. He feels uh, that he doesn't. I I don't get no respect. Well, and you know what? I, you know, thinking about this, this, this might be what he needs. Like this, you know what? He recognizes that he's being disrespected, which is not all like not a bad thing. Cause I mean, yeah, you can put up numbers, uh, you can put up stats, but until you put those wins in the win column, like it, what is it for? Like it's not, exactly. it's not worth anything. So if this is the fire that needs to be lit under his rear end, I'm all for it. Let, yeah. the, let the media keep saying that kind of crap, and and then let's see if he can go and back it up. And Exactly. Yeah. And S- Stephen A. Smith today on one of the shows that he's on said the exact same thing. He's like, win, and we will leave you alone. He's like, we praised you when you were an MVP candidate, but when you're playing like trash – hot Arizona stinky and it hasn't been hot Arizona garbage Birch I mean you're right he put up stats but <sighs> congratulations like well done but stats don't translate to wins but he didn't oh, have but, any weapons there we go Birch I knew that was coming <laughs> and the defense man like the defense just stinks you know like uh it's like, no, at what point do we hold him accountable and quit coddling this grown man? Like, and his brothers drive me nuts on social media. I've blocked him. I can't stand it. I, I hate it. Oh, but 
we're going to come to Derek's aid. If I was Derek, I would call both of them and I would say, you shut your mouths and let me do my fight my wars for me. You know, uh, I don't need you to fight my wars. I will fight my own wars. And then I would, you know, yes, was the defense great? No, it wasn't. But when you average 19 points a game on offense, that comes down to the quarterback a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I know that uh, Gruden, I watched one of his, uh, bro, uh, not broadcast, I guess it press is kind conference. of a broadcast interview or whatever it is, yeah. and press conference, there we go. It's been so long, Birch. I'm forgetting the verbiage, press conferences. <laughs> and, uh, it, I mean, he's like, I got to call better plays in the red zone. I've got to do, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm, okay. It, you know, he's taking re- responsibility. Cool. Do it now. Uh, you know, and everything, every time, every off season, I feel like we hear the same thing from Carr. It's like, oh, this is disrespectful, and I hate getting... I get I hate getting uh you know drug through the garbage and I don't deserve that and I'm a better player than that. Go show us. Go show us. Yeah. And that. when you earn my res- when you earn respect, I will give you the respect you deserve. But until that time, I've seen enough fumbles through the end zone. I've seen enough Throw fourth- it away on fourth down. Yes, exactly. I've seen enough like throwing a football 40 40- or 40 rows up in the stands after you ran one in without fumbling. Like I've seen enough of those, of those things to make me say, I don't respect, you know, I, I feel disrespected. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need a fire lit under your tukas. And that is the fire that you need is uh, Stephen A. Smith telling you to shut up and just play ball and, and win and that and period just win. Yeah. So I feel disrespected as a fan because we've been going through this for years and years and it needs to end. I mean, just stop with the talk and put your money where your mouth is. Amen. And I think on offense, we already went over the the starting line. Um, I think, you know, you're going to have we talked about this too, Birch. Uh, If we go down to our wide receiving room uh and john russo brought this up as well we probably should just play let's let's play his (laughs) i feel bad let's play his voicemail and then we'll get we'll get into some of the the things that he discusses i we'll we'll play that then we'll be right back Tyler and Michael, what's going on? It's uh, John Russo. Just wanted to call in, see how you guys are doing. Hopefully you're doing well. And uh, happy to see that training camp's starting up and uh, sports are back. I got to watch baseball yesterday for the first time, opening day, so that was nice. Um, just wanted to see how you guys were doing and bring up some topics for your next show. Um, maybe you could jump into. I know last year we started a ton of rookies week one. And uh, maybe you have a thought as far as how many rookies we might start this year, how many uh, how many of our draft picks will actually make an impact week one. Uh, do you think that 
Robertson could potentially start in the slot. Probably not, because I imagine we'll leave Joyner there for some reason. Um, Brian Edwards probably won't start week one, but Henry Ruggs will, I imagine. I don't know how much we'll see Bowden week one, but just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how involved our rookies will be this year in relation to last year. And, uh, yeah, another uh, topic, if you guys need some more topics to discuss, is maybe looking at two of the position groups that I think were the weakest coming into this offseason, which were our corners and receivers, seem to now be some of the most crowded and hard to predict. Maybe uh, maybe you could go over a couple potential cuts with no preseason in the receiving core. And, uh, again, maybe in the corner room, I know that, you know, we're not going to keep too many receivers, especially with Bowden being kind of that joker that can do it all. And uh, there's going to be some receivers cut, maybe Aguilar, maybe Rico Gafford, who's fast as heck. Uh, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on those positions and how they're going to shake down. All right, guys. Hope you have a good one. Take care. Thank you, John, for the phone call. A lot of questions in there. A lot of great questions, which we have already touched on a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, the wide receiver room. I mean, we touched on what rookies we thought would make an impact. And now, I mean, the wide receiver room is, it's kind of weird because it's, it's like, it's, like you're going, you know, you go to the toy room or you go to your gun closet and, you know, you open it up and there's like, there's all these different kind of weapons, if you will, like shiny weapons, you know, that you could use to to do some damage on the field. I mean, it's a nice thing to have. I mean, you got from last year carrying over. I mean, we had Tyrell Williams. Started off the year pretty hot. I mean, five games with, was it five or six games in a row with a touchdown? I think it was five. And then you had Hunter Renfro. He came on strong late. Uh, He got hurt. Then you had, I mean, you had Zay Jones. I mean, then it kind of dwindled down a little bit. Um, But this year, I mean, you got Henry Ruggs to go along with Tyrell Williams. You've got... Hunter Renfro, uh, Zay Jones, you got Nelson Aguilar. We didn't mention him, a little speedster. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough sledding for Brian those guys Edwards that were. Too. Brian Edwards, excuse me. Yes. It's going to be tough sledding for those players that played last year, like Rico Gafford, um, Keelan Doss, Marcel. How Aitman. dare you? I'm sorry, dude. They're, he will make I mean, this team. Keelan Doss will make it. <laughs> I will die on I, that hill. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, and then you add the tight end group in with Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, uh, Jason Witten, Derek Carrier. Like, if Carr, I mean, this is it, dude. If he can't win with this, then he needs to go. But the defense, stop it! <laughs> stop it right now. That will be that will be the thing. Or Birch, it will be 
They didn't have an off-season together. They need another off-season to gel. There's two, there was, there's not enough cohesiveness uh, to gel. Car needed time. Just go play ball. Amen. I'm right there with you. This this is things that I I I foresee as the as a swami type foreseer, as an insider, Birch. These are things that I see that perhaps will be said. Well, the defense still sucks. You know what? There's a lot of teams that don't have a good defense. That still win. Yeah, they still win because their offense scores points. You heard John Gruden say he was a horrible play caller within the three-yard line. And yeah, he was. But a lot of it, too, don't fumble the ball out of the end zone. Don't throw it away. On fourth down. there's, There's things that you can do. Yeah, you could have made a better play call, but there's... Create something outside the pocket, but hold on to the ball, please. Yeah, don't reach for the freaking pylon anymore. So I, I so I, I think you kind of touched on it, Birch, and I, I'm just gonna go back. Wide receiver group, I, I kind of see, uh, Aitman, Doss, Rico Gafford, uh, Demore Pearson, L. Those guys probably not making the team. Probably practice squads. Uh, I would say Gafford probably on the practice squad uh, because he can he they used him a lot as like the the fast quarterback uh, to practice against on the practice squad. And remember, I believe we can keep ten players on the practice squad this year instead of just eight. Um, you can fact check me real quick on that, but I think. I think you've got, not necessarily in order of, this is alphabetical order, not order of how good they are, but Aguilar, Brian Edwards, uh, Zay Jones, Renfro Ruggs, Tyrell Williams. I think they keep six wide receivers, and I think those are the six uh, that they keep. Fact check. Effective with the 2020 season, each NFL team may keep up to 12 players. 12 players. So from 10 to 12? Yep. And then um, it said, effective with the 2022 season, the number of players on the practice squad will increase to 14. So. Okay. Anyway, little little knowledge bomb there. Little knowledge bomb from Birch. Thank you, Birch. We'll call it a Birch bomb. Birch bomb. And uh, so, yeah, Aguilar, uh, Edwards, Jones, Renfro, Ruggs, Williams. I think that's, I think you keep six, and I think those are the six. I like it. I like that group. Um, And then you mentioned the tight ends. Uh, You got Witten, Waller, Moreau, Carrier. I still kind of feel like, Moreau may start off on the physically unable to perform list. That's just kind of a hunch I have. I know he's practicing. I know that he's ahead of schedule from that ACL reconstruction. Um, I just, I mean, if, do you really keep four tight ends? I don't, I know that Gruden I, loves it's, them. It's but. A, I think it's a smart decision. I mean, why why rush him back if he's not completely 100% when you have a oh, Darren Waller and a Jason Witten as a safeguard? I mean, Witten, yeah, he's <clears throat> he may not be the fastest, but the dude knows how to get open, and he can be a threat in the red zone to maybe 
get us those points within the five yard line or the within the first and goal, whatever. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Um and then I, I I just I don't I don't find many excuses on the offense to why the offense will only score nineteen points a game. If you're if you're going out there and you're only scoring nineteen points a game, I might have to pull out my hair, whatever is left, little is left <laughs> of it. Um and I I just I, I've got this pit in my stomach that there's there's just going to be something and it's going to be like, oh, you didn't have this. I mean, let, let's look at the running back room real quick, Birch. We might as well. We're there. Devontae Booker is back. He's he's only been in the league five years out of Utah. He's a 5'11", 219. You got Lynn Bowden, 5'11", 204, the Swiss Army knife. Jeremy Hill, we just recently signed. Um He's 6'1", 235. Just a f- He's going to be that's an interesting signing because we we've, we've talked about that. We uh we want that bigger fit more physical back that could help in the goal line situations. I mean, yeah, Jacobs can fly over the top, but sometimes you need that Zach Crockett like I'm going to run your run it down your throat and just blow you into the end zone and you know i mean he's been out of the league he didn't last season he played was 2018 right he's still got something left in the tank i'm assuming or else we wouldn't have signed him right and and we talked about how uh micah brought it up like what where did he go like his, his numbers tapered off well if you remember about three or four years ago three four yeah i think four maybe this year makes four uh, the Bengals drafted a guy out of Oklahoma whose name was Joe Mixon. He's a pretty good running back. And uh, Jeremy Hill kind of played, he was kind of the lead back. Giovanni Bernard was there as well. Um, but he had a couple really good years in Cincinnati. Then they drafted Mixon, and he kind of found himself the odd man out because he was kind of more of the big power runner who could have a burst of speed, but Mixon was a way better runner than he was. And so he kind of found himself out of Cincinnati, went to the Patriots, and they always have a running back by committee. And he just, you know, didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity there. So I, like you said, I think he's still got quite a bit in the tank. He's only 27. um, And this will be his sixth year in the league. So, I mean, it's not like he's reached that magical 30 number where people start to slow down and their project production drops a lot. If he comes in healthy, uh, in shape, I, I think I like, I like him to actually make the, the roster over Booker because he just provides a little bit different dynamic. You'd have Bowden, Hill, Jacobs, and Richard, and then obviously your... Um, your fullback uh, because uh, Alec Ingold, because uh, you know, we like three tight end sets and a fullback. That's, and why not? Why not run the football when you have an average of 330 pounds on your offensive line? Like that's just, that's just a success or that's like setting yourself up for a successful run game. I feel like, I mean, Jacobs running behind that all healthy all year. That is a nasty, nasty line and a nasty 
backfield. Um, and I don't know. I think Bowden makes it for sure. Jacobs will make it. Um, Richard just signed like a $3 million deal, I think. And so he's probably on there as well. But it'll be interesting because, you know, we do need that bigger back unless they plan on using Ingold more out of the backfield or as a, a runner. But uh, yeah, that that running back room is nicer than last year, I think. Um, Absolutely. Tight end room, probably better than last year as well. Um, kind of the same, really, I guess. You got Waller, Carrier, Moreau. You add Jason Witten. That's pretty good. Uh, tight end room and uh, so the offense looks to be set um, to me on paper anyways it looks pretty stinking good so maybe if we can get a few stops on defense (coughs) 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 uh, we'll we'll be good to go hopefully so um, what else did I'm I forgot what else old John asked us about Let's see. We talked about the rookies. Um, position groups that were weakest coming into in the offseason. Corners and receivers. Those seem pretty good now. Um, maybe a couple cuts. They, they, uh, we already had Hall and Lee. I kind of didn't really see Hall, but when he, uh, he got called out by Gruden in that press conference and was like, we the writing expect, was on the wall. Yep, the writing was on the wall. So, um, linebacker seems thin to me, though. I mean, we got Kwiatkowski, we got Corey Littleton, but our backups are Moro, um, who I like, and I like Tanner Muse, who will be a rookie converting, uh, Justin Phillips, who played a couple spot games out of Oklahoma State last year, and the sleeper. Uh, that I am hearing, so I won't take credit for this, uh, but is a Javin White. He is a rookie linebacker out of UNLV, 6'2", 2'11". Uh, he's only 23 years old. Uh, a little thin to be a linebacker. He is thin, uh, but I would imagine getting him into, I mean... He's only got to put on 17 pounds, and he's the same size as Corey Littleton. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I, I think you get him. He might find himself onto the way onto the practice squad, but we may, I mean... Didn't, our, isn't there Wilbur? Yeah, Kyle he, Wilbur. He's, he's, he does a lot of special teams um, yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean... We had Markel Lee, but he decided not to show up or to pass his physical, so... right. And whether it was his fault or not, I don't know. But he did not pass his physical. Uh, and then we thought, you know, Birch, we thought going into camp, we might have a kicker battle with uh, Mr. Eberly out of Utah State and Daniel Carlson. And That's been put to rest. That has been put to rest very early in the process. Uh, Daniel Carlson. I, yeah, I was a little shocked at that. I thought he might have a little, I mean, at least get a longer chance of trying. But who knows? Yep. Carlson struggled a little bit last year. Yes, he did. After doing really well the year before, he struggled a little bit that that last year. But I guess cornerbacks, why don't you go over the cornerbacks for us and then we'll we'll take it from there. 
Okay, cornerbacks. Let me just pull that up really quick here. Um, we do have the addition, obviously, from the draft of uh, Damon Arnett. Um, let me just pull this up really quick. And then uh, we have La Madre Harper, excuse me, Madre Harper out of Southern <laughs> Illinois. Sorry, Tyler and I both speak Spanish, so when we saw Madre, his, it was His name was great. mom. Yeah, it's just great. So we have Damon Arnett, Madre Harper, Isaiah Johnson coming off the injury, Nevin Lawson, who Tyler pointed out earlier, has no interceptions in his NFL career. Seven years. <laughs> Dylan Maven, Trayvon Mullen, Keyshawn Nixon, and Amik Robertson. Those are listed as our cornerbacks. Missed one. The Prince. Oh, who did I miss? El oh, I think I, I thought I said that. Oh, Maybe okay. I didn't. Well, we picked up a Mukamara from the Bears. Still, a, if there's any um, question mark for me on the defense, I'm okay with the linebackers as long as they stay healthy. That's if the not, big, then you're yeah, That's the big question. Yeah, you're in big trouble. Um, Can you imagine Littleton goes down or oh, Quitkowski goes down? You're toast. I mean, you're yeah, starting Morrow. And an undrafted Wilbur. free agent rookie or Wilbur who plays special yeah. teams. It, it could get ugly fast there. That's why I don't like that position much. Well, and you could probably say the same about the cornerbacks too. I mean, you're probably looking starting cornerbacks week one. I'm going to say um, using my insider status and my, my humongous brain that I have. Yes, do. <laughs> Prince Amukamara. And Trayvon Mullen, I think that's the obvious choices. Um, to me, I would say, I mean, I don't. Maybe Arnett sneaks in there. I don't know. I oh, that's still such a question mark of a pick to me. Maybe he uses that as motivation and just comes out and balls out. I don't know. I but I'm gonna say Amukamara and Trayvon Mullen, which Trayvon Mullen has has become is going to be a good player for us right so and i i kind of not really got into it on twitter but i pointed out the fact um on twitter that just because mullen had a good year last year uh so did gary on conley his first year was great and then it just dropped off drastically um uh, and so I mean, that, that's one thing, too. It's like, well, you know, let's get some consistency. I'm excited to see that, uh, to see Mullen. And I hope, he, I hope he does do, he builds off of last year. But we saw a Conley not do that, and then he was traded. Right. So hopefully that is different. It's interesting, Birch. I just noticed they've got LaMarcus Joyner listed as a safety. I don't know moving if he, back? I don't know if he was listed as a safety or a corner last year, but he played mostly that slot role, um, which I think maybe Robertson takes that role and they can put Joyner back at safety as kind of a ball hawking guy. Cause you got Abram who's a, a heavy hitter. Eric right. Harris is a big guy. Forgot um, about Harris. Yeah. Eric Harris, uh, Jeff Heath, uh, that one is just, I, that's a head scratcher to me. And then you've got Joyner and Dallin Levitt 
who kind of filled in on some spot uh, duties last year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, probably. Oh, and then you've got Demarius Randall too. That'll. Oh yeah. I would imagine probably plays in back there on the back end of the defense. Um, well, that'll be an interesting uh, camp battle to see who comes out with the starting nod. Obviously, Abrams. Right. Duh. Well, he's all we really need, Birch. Right, on the defense, period. At all. 11 versus Abrams. <laughs> uh, Abrams wins that nine times out of ten. Just for one game, though. Yeah, because he hurts his shoulder. No, I don't have anything against Abrams. It's just... Hopefully, like we said, he he learns his lesson, and not it's not about knocking someone's head off every play, and you got to play smart if you want to last in the league. I'm not sure that he makes the team, Birch, but here's a sneaky. I like Marjorie Harper. I don't know if you've watched any of his highlights at Southern Illinois, but he's he's a scrappy dude. He's the same. He's an inch taller than Arnett. He might be somebody that we stash away and keep on the practice squad this year, but I like Madre Harper. Um, Isaiah Johnson, he's a big guy too. He's 6'2", 210, freakishly fast. Um, and then I, I think that's probably, that's probably, you know, you've got Mullen, Nixon, Robertson. Uh, that, that seems deeper, but you've got to remember You've got Arnett, who's a rookie. Robertson's a rookie. Uh, Mullen is a second-year player. Really, the only guy with any experience is Amukamara. So, right. That will be interesting to see how that shakes out, like you said. So, anyways, I think that's about it. That's kind of my voice is like not used to this so i'm kind of my voice is kind <laughs> you of have scratchy. to work back into it with the season around the corner absolutely if, if we have if. a season hopefully yeah i don't know i i micah micah seems to think that he that there will not be a season and i don't know i i think if, if there's a will there's a way they're gonna i mean if they have to i mean ah if you look at, I mean, you've got two sports going right now. You got basketball is back, and you've got baseball. Basketball is working because they're in a bubble. Like right. they they can't leave. Baseball is not working because the players are. I don't know what they're doing, but I mean they're contracting the virus, which is fine because that's what viruses do. But like we've talked about, but we won't get into that. But I could see. <laughs> I could see football going that way of baseball and games getting suspended and ultimately season getting suspended unless you kind of go to a bubble, but it's kind of different. It's NBA. You can, you can do that because you only have 15 players. You can, and you, the games are shorter. They're two, two and a half hours. You're looking at an NFL game. You're looking four hours how are you going to fit that all in and what stadiums are you going to use? Like there's so much that goes into that. But I mean, I, I think if that, I mean, it's like a conspiracy. I think they're all about the money. So if, if they can find a way to play, they're going to play. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully they can, 
quote unquote be safe while doing right. that they're all gonna well i won't go there either i'll, yeah. just, I'll get myself <laughs> in trouble so this is non-political and you probably don't want my medical opinion even though i do have a doctorate degree so anyways i think birch let's call it let's call it a show we uh we did pretty we, well. Um, yeah, we need Micah here for our random question of the of I, the week. I had thought about that prior, Birch. So I am. I do have. Ooh. I do have a question ready. Go let go for okay. it. Shoot from the hip, John Wayne. All right. So let's let's crack this whip and then we'll be done. We won't let Birch out of here until he gives us his answer on the following question, Birch. You're driving around town. And you have a craving for a sandwich. Where are you going to feel that craving for a sandwich? And it can't be home. It's got to be a sandwich place that's there where you are or where somewhere where you've eaten before. Okay. Or like when you say sandwich, like are you talking like... Uh... Like a uh, Jersey Mike's, like a Firehouse Subs, like those kind of sandwiches. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. people, okay, okay, like a Subway My, or a Jimmy John's, a, or if we okay. reach back in time, Quiznos. Oh, uh, Quiznos was good. Um, yeah, or or if there's like something, you know, if there's like I know uh, uh, you have Great Harvest up there, mm-hmm. and they make yep. a good sandwich. Uh, I mean, if there's like a not tacos. Not uh, yeah. burritos, nothing like that. Okay. Well, I'm going to answer this freaky fast then because it's Jimmy John's. Okay. Oh. Now tell okay, us. You got. Tell us what sandwich and yeah, why. Let me let me elaborate here. First of all, the French bread, the best bread ever, knocks all the socks off the Subway sandwiches. Okay. That French bread. You mean I could just eat a thing of French bread and call it good? But you can do I that. The, Go buy them for fifty cents. The de- they're day old. Oh, dang it. Why'd you tell me that? <laughs> anyway, Billy Club has roast beef. It has ham. And then it's got some Dijon mustard with cheese. Then you add some hot peppers on that. Can't go wrong. And then they have the best potato chips. I'm not a guy that likes... I mean, I'll, I'll eat some flavored potato chips, you know, every so often. But you give me a bag of regular kettle-cooked original jimmy john's chips with a billy club and a coke whoo that's my go-to that's your go-to and you make no apologies absolutely not and see i feel like i've put myself behind the eight ball my favorite sandwich is the uh the spicy italian nightclub i think is what it's called the veto uh, nope it's uh, oh it's different it's a little different. I should have had this looked up. It's got their sweet, there's like sweet and spicy red peppers. Uh, it's got like their uh, Italian vinaigrette. It's got capricola, mm-hmm. pepperoni. Uh, it, it's like their Italian nightclub, but it's spicy. And I just recently discovered that I've been kind of on a keto kick and I really like their uh, lettuce, their unwitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can, I can eat that and not feel bad about myself cause it's got the fat, it's got the protein and it's all wrapped in lettuce and it's, you know, it's relatively decent. I am a big fan of what used to be known as Quiznos. 
and Quiznos was a toasted sandwich. I also like Firehouse Subs, though, Birch. Firehouse Subs is very good as well. Um, dang. I, I'm For, for old time's sakes, I'm going to go with the Baja Chicken from Quiznos. It was kind of a, a, a spicy, barbecue saucy chicken, and then tomatoes, lettuce, and then you always got to dunk it in their honey mustard. Their honey mustard was almost as good as Chick-fil-A sauce. Uh, just really good honey mustard. So I think the Baja chicken takes, or maybe that was the mesquite chicken. Baja chicken was spicy. Mesquite chicken was the barbecue sauce. <laughs> it's been so long, though. Like, they don't have Quiznos here anymore. It's like they've dried up and they're only in Colorado or something like that. So, anyways, stinks for the rest of the world. But Colorado, you're blessed because you still have Quiznos. Loved Quiznos. Um, but, yeah, I kind of put myself behind the eight ball there because I love Firehouse subs, too. And Jimmy John's in a pinch will do as well. Yeah. Um, but for old nostalgia sake, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Baja chicken from Quiznos. And uh, I guess that's a wrap on that. Very good. Well done, Birch. You did a much well better done. job than I did, and you were put on the spot, and I even knew what the question was going to be. Well, that's so. a, that was an easy question. We'll have to get Micah's opinion uh, on the next pod. And if you guys want to give us give us a call, you can uh, drop us with some questions, your thoughts on the roster, on the upcoming season, and your go-to sandwich place. So, Amen. Amen. Well done, Birch. Take us out. Take me home. Country Road. To the place I belong. Thank you, John Denver. And the office. And the office. (laughs) Andy and Dwight. Now in German. All right. Anyways, Raider Nation, thanks for hanging out with Birch and I. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Give us a call. 208-557-9771. It's been a long time since I've had to say that. And like I said at the beginning of the show, you can check us out on Twitter at Behind Patch. And on Facebook, if you're still on that ancient social media website, just search behind the eye patch. Micah mans that. That is all we have. And so I guess until next time, just win, baby. Just win. <laughs>